0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Exploring Faith, the podcast series from the Salvation Army in Morley. If you want to hear more from us, our services are live streamed on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.15. We'll also be live on Christmas Day at the same time. We've also put together a playlist of Christmas music to suit all tastes, which is available now on Spotify. Just search Morley Salvation Army. So as Christmas approaches, I wonder, how patient are you when it comes to waiting? Just returning to chocolate for a few moments. Those of you with the chocolate advent calendars, have you eaten them all yet? Or you've been very good and doing them one day at a time? Can you resist having a sneaky look under the Christmas tree for those presents? You may remember this confession from a few weeks ago in our worship.
1: Uh, I've always been keen on sport. And um, one particular Christmas, um, I asked my mum and dad uh, if Santa Claus could get me a, a striker football game. And um, I can remember distinctly asking my mum for it. And she said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see, we'll have to see. And uh, come Christmas time, uh, I uh, went downstairs. Dad always went downstairs first to check if Santa had been. And, uh, and then I would go rushing down and dive in. This would be about 4.35 a.m., I would suspect. Uh, as most kids do, I think. And, um, and I opened this big parcel. And there was the striker game I wanted. But I must confess, and I don't know whether my mum actually knows this, I'd actually found it about three months before and I'd been playing with it for (laughs) several weeks, so.
0: Not such a good example of uh, active patience. I hope that was okay to show that again, Glen, and it won't get you into any further trouble. But I'm sure that Glen's not the only one that would have done that. Are you holding back putting up your Christmas decorations this year till just before Christmas? Or have they been up like many for weeks already? Do you save the Christmas music until December? Or has Michael Buble and the like been on since September? Last week we talked about Jesus' second coming. The Bible promises that Jesus will return and bring the fullness of his kingdom on earth. You know, there are those that struggle with that idea. There are some people that find that teaching about, about this confusing or scary. There are some believers who seem obsessed with the idea of Jesus' return. Others are put off by these more extreme interpretations and perhaps try to ignore the idea of a second coming altogether. It has been 2,000 years since Jesus' return to heaven. So it's understandable if people give up hope that God will ever return and put the earth right. As we said at the start of the meeting, 2,000 years of waiting. What's taking him so long? Why would he not have already come to end pain and fear? Why can't we know when he'll come again? Why do we have to wait? Where is this coming? If you have thoughts or feelings like that, you're not alone. Many of the first Christians lived with an eager expectation that Jesus would return in their lifetime. But after just a few years, some of them began to lose hope. We can see this in Peter's second letter.
2: You must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation.
0: Where is this coming? Does that sound familiar to you? You might have heard this from non-Christian friends or even wondered about it yourself. Isn't 2,000 years a long time to wait for the return of Jesus? But Peter's first response to this question is quite brilliant. The Lord
2: is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient.
0: God is not slow. God is patient. Do you know anybody that eats an ice cream in a hurry? bolting them down as if it's a race. Then they look at their friend who has just taken three tiny little licks from the bowl and say, why are you so slow? The friend might reply, reply, I'm not slow. I'm savouring every bite. I'm patient. We saw that demonstrated earlier with the chocolate. Some of our number savoured every bite feeling the textures of the chocolate really enjoying the experience in the patience of eating it knowing that god is patient and prepared to wait should challenge the horridness of our modern lives do you feel like you rush from one thing to the next are you always looking for the fastest checkout at the supermarket I choose scan and go. So you don't have to load the trolley to unload the trolley to pack it into the bags. It's all done as you go around the shop. But then when you get to the end and you scan it, sometimes you have to wait for a quality check on what you scanned. So I'm made to wait, which doesn't help. I don't like self checkouts. You know the ones where you scan them and then you put it into the bagging area, and I'll tell you the reason why I don't like self-checkouts. Because I, nine times out of ten, have to wait, perhaps more than once whilst I'm scanning, due to an unexpected item in the packing area. Do you get annoyed when your computer seems to take an age to download something? Or when the child dawdles over putting their shoes on? What about the traffic light that changes to green and the car in front of you takes off its handbrake, puts the car into gear and moves away 0.7 seconds slower than you wanted them to? Maybe we need to learn that what might feel like slowness to us can, at the same time, be a lesson in godly patience. Beyond this, Peter tells us that God has a vital reason why he is holding back his return.
2: He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Did you catch that?
0: God wants everyone to sing that new song that we thought about earlier. Everyone to say he's altogether lovely, altogether wonderful, altogether worthy everyone to have the opportunity to repent we heard boundless sing to us a few moments ago the glory of the nations a light for all to see and hope for all who embrace his warm reality for all those who live in the shadow of death a glorious light has dawned for all those who stumble in the darkness behold your light has come so what will be your answer? Oh, will you hear the call of him who did not spare his son, but gave his life for all? Jesus came to earth and gave his life for all. Everyone is invited. Everyone can qualify to be his own. But everyone has to give their answer. And although God is patient and wants everyone to come to repentance, the time will come where Peter knew, and we do too, that the final return of Jesus will come with judgment over the earth. Jesus' cross and resurrection mean that we are in him, and we that are in him have no fear of judgment. But entering into God's kingdom does require us to believe in him and come to repentance. For this reason, God is patiently holding back the return of Christ so that everyone on earth has the chance to respond to his gift of forgiveness and restoration. So as we patiently wait for his return, those of us who have already started to sing that new song in praise of our almighty God those of us that have repented and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and regeneration by the Holy Spirit, that is to say that we have turned from our old selves to be a new creation, we have a massive responsibility to share the news that God is patiently holding back the return of Christ so that everyone on earth has the chance to respond to his gift of forgiveness and restoration. That's what we as Christian people should give our lives over to. That is why Jesus came as a baby. Forgiveness and restoration. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned as we wait patiently for Christ to come again, we need to be actively sharing this message, this message of a cleansing fire. Because scripture makes it pretty clear that God will one day sit in judgment. And Peter uses these words to describe God's judgment like this.
2: But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with the roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare.
0: For various reasons, this passage has been misunderstood to mean that God is going to destroy the earth. This has fed the mistaken idea that the Christian hope only in, consists of a spiritual heaven. But that idea ignores the wider biblical picture which Peter is drawing on. The promise of Isaiah of a new heaven and a new earth. Peter spells out.
2: In keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth.
0: This is the same new heaven and new earth which John sees in Revelation 21. The important question is, what kind of new are these writers describing? There is a Greek word, neo, which means new, in the sense that it didn't exist before. But this isn't the word used in these passages. Peter and Revelation both use the word kinos, which means having a new quality about it, being renewed or remade. It is the same word which describes our transformation as Christians in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. You are a new kinos creation. The old, sinful, broken life has gone. The renewed, holy, restored life has come. God is not planning to, to put the earth in a bin and start again. He is planning to refine it, remake it and renew it. The Bible often speaks of God's judgment as a cleansing fire which burns off impurities.
2: But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver.
0: God's judgment is a fire that will refine the earth until only pure gold is left. So the picture Peter is painting here is of God's final judgment, burning up all that is unjust, impure, ungodly, laying bare the earth until the old order of things has been destroyed and the original intention of God has been restored. In Revelation, the city of God comes down from heaven to earth. The old order of things has passed away and God promises to be with us forever. So we have an active expectation. When you are waiting for something, knowing what you are waiting for changes how you wait. A child waiting for a Christmas present has a different attitude to a child waiting to go to the dentist. You wait for your wedding day in a very different way to the way that you wait to take your car in For M.O.T. We are not waiting for an eternity sitting on clouds, or an endless church service, or an infinite sermon. We are waiting for the restoration of heaven and earth, with every good thing made new, and abundant life for all. Knowing what God will do when Jesus returns ought to change how we live today. Peter writes,
2: since everything of the old order of things will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and its speed its coming. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him.
0: Since this is our ultimate goal, Peter says, here is how we should live. We should live in ways which please God, which imitate Jesus, which work for the good of his creation, which build community and society, which seek justice and fairness. We should communicate the kingdom of God in how we speak and live, and so not only proclaim it so that everyone knows about it, but even somehow to speed It's coming. Amen.